lasting effects on that one. This will be the last time I host. Uh, <laughs> Jubilee Reach is coming up, the celebration dinner uh, this coming Friday. And that's going to be at the Bellevue Hilton. Take a look at that. Sign up for that. Uh, be involved in that. That would be wonderful. And that's it, right, for announcements? Wow, that's short. So, Maureen, come on up, would you? This is my wonderful wife, Maureen. And, you know, in her life, besides uh, being married 36 years to me, that's adversity enough, don't you think? Uh, you know, she's faced some adversity in her life. Um, she lost her dad at 17. I don't mean he's in the woods somewhere and we can't find him, but she lost her dad at 17. About 20 years ago, she lost her mom. Um, not a day goes by I don't think about your mom. She's a great lady. Uh, not a lot of great people in my life. For the 38 years that I have known Maureen, she is the best person that I know, still is. She's a great mom to three and a half of our kids. The half, no, she's not pregnant. The, uh, the half is that we had a foster son at one, at one point, and um, she's the greatest person I know, and I get to be married to her. I'm so proud of you. I think about three years ago, uh, this May, she graduated with her bachelor's degree from Life Pacific College. And that was a great celebration time. And she actually outranks me as a pastor in Foursquare. <laughs> and you'll know why after she's done today. So anyway, Maureen, uh, thanks for sharing this morning and stepping up. God bless. Well, anytime. Is this on? I guess it is. I can hear the ring. Hi. Oh, see, I, somebody waved, which is really nice, because from these lights, it's kind of like, okay, can I see anybody? Good morning. Good morning. Well, hey, I get to preach today, because Julie Jenkins said no. Just kidding. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I was not the first choice. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you. Jesus, please bless her. Uh, how many of you have been here for uh, any or all of the series for being empowered? Oh, yeah. Don't you love that? Yeah. And how many of you were here last week? Not as many. Not as many. So you missed what was really fun. That's a joke. You know, I'm all about hearing the great word. I love that. I mean, Kurt has been talking about... Um, <clears throat> I'm supposed to do a slide here and I forgot. Oh, not that one. But that's so cool. I keep waiting for that to happen because I need a new hairstyle. <laughs> okay, what if? Well, he's been talking about being empowered. And last week, after a great message, I was just pumped. Um, he said, now, guess what? Now we get to like put into practice what we've been talking about. Oh, the dread feeling is coming in my heart. Um, uh, what? And he said, yeah, you know, you should earnestly desire to prophesy. Uh, I don't. I, I have no desire to prophesy. I'm vaguely afraid of the Holy Spirit, like holding on to a live wire. No, that's, that should be for professionals, not for us. <laughs> if only I was joking. If only I was joking, it would be really funny, but I'm kind of serious. Anyway, so um, I'm going to make sure that I say this because all of it was important. Um, he said, let's get into, you know, a group of three or four to pray. Okay. He said, oh, but don't just pray. First pray in your prayer language. Check, I can do that. And then pray in your, you know, your, your native language. For me, English. I can do that. And then expect that the Holy Spirit is going to give you a word for somebody in that group. Oh. 
oh, I hated it. Hated. I talked to somebody this morning and said, wasn't that great? And I think, I want to say, no. I was so nervous. All the things that Kurt had put up on the, on the screen. You know, you were worried about being embarrassed, yeah? Let me think of all the things that I thought, I don't want to get into a group. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to come up with nothing. That's my dread fear. I'm going to look stupid. I really am going to look stupid. What if it's just me? What if it's not the Holy Spirit at all? So, you know, I didn't have very um, original thoughts. But truthfully, I just thought, oh, I, I might be able to leave because I was team support last week for Lake Sam Kids. So in my mind, I'm rehearsing, oh, I'd love to stay, but I really can't. I've got to go. I've got to go down and check that. You guys have it praying for you. <laughs> okay, so I was stuck, and I didn't go. I didn't go, and I'm kind of looking around thinking, is there anybody I know, anybody that wouldn't hold me accountable for saying something really lame and really stupid? Well, I slid down the row, and there is Lauren and her boyfriend, and, and you know, I felt kind of non-threatened. I was hoping that nobody else who was an adult would come into the group, and I would still be safe. Okay, I'm nervous, and I'm a chicken about that stuff. But I didn't leave. I stayed. Scooted down there. But you know, guys, this is not just about uh, speaking some words to somebody. That, that's not what, that, that's not obviously all that being empowered is about. Now, Kurt had said that this idea of speaking words is speaking God's hope, truth, life-changing things into a situation. Maybe we wouldn't have even known what the importance or, or the, what the value of what we said was, but that person would know. So I have that in my mind, and I'm hopeful that that's, uh, that that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, this is the scripture that Kurt was using. Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly. Desire earnestly. Not me. I would say I'm at the other end of that spectrum. But that's okay. That's okay, because I'm still going to heaven. All right. <clears throat> but as I started reading this week and last week, this scripture came to mind. John 14, 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus, he who believes in me, Jesus, the works I do, he'll do also, and greater works than these he'll do, because I'm going to the Father. You know, I don't know about you, but I think I have told myself that all the things, the stuff I do, uh, you know, I come to church, I tithe, I serve, that's the Christian life. You know, there's a part of me that wants to say, is that it? Is that it? Well, no, of course that's not it. And those are all important things. But Jesus said, greater things, greater things we would do than he did. So I got a question. And, and I can see hands from here, if I can get this light out of my face. Any of you done anything greater than Jesus of late? Ever? At any? Yeah, that was where I was too. How about anybody just did the same things that Jesus did? No? Let's see. What did he do? So just in case, because maybe one of you have, and thought, oh, I forgot that he had done that too. Okay, healed uh, a blind man. Healed a leper. Got somebody up walking who had never walked before. Somebody might have. There might be a doctor here. You could almost qualify. <laughs> Fed thousands with food left over from one lunch. Walked on water. Raised the dead. How about told the storm to knock it off? 
And by the way, if any of you, I can't tell if anybody raised their hand, if any of you did raise your hand on that one, there are sports teams that will pay big money to have you be uh, on staff, as well as anybody who's ever tried to put firework display on in Seattle on the 4th of July. Really, you could be a rich person, just saying. How about forgiving people who want to kill you and then loving them enough to lay down your life for them? No? Is it possible that we have so compromised our faith that we believe that all the other stuff we do, all of that is really what Jesus thought our life would look like as we walk out with him? I think that what he wants us to do are miracles. And I've already told you that just getting in a little group with really unthreatening people scared the daylights out of me. Miracles, I'm on the high wire of fear with that. But you know, that was a that's a promise. That's what he said would happen with us. <clears throat> so I, I did tell you that last week, I didn't like what Kurt did. I would have preferred that he just kept with a, you know, message, not made us do anything, but he did. And I just need to tell you, I slid down the, down the row, and I prayed with Lauren and her boyfriend, and lo and behold, God gave me a word. And God gave each one of them words, too. And I got to tell you, neither one of those guys were at, at all fidgety or flipped out. They didn't look like they weren't checking the exits like I was. Like, how fast could I get out of here? They weren't like that at all. They were absolutely, yeah, let's do it. Well, I realized after we shared, and, and I did end up having to go a little bit earlier than uh, everybody else did. After we all shared, later I thought, oh, there was a real same theme in what each one of us had. And it was this. God was saying, I got this. <laughs> I have your back. I have your future. Well, Kathy Miller is going to pray for the service this morning. And I should tell you that unlike Kurt, I know that, that was maybe a little bit of a lengthy um, introduction, but it really is not going to be a long service. I know he says that sometimes, and it's not so. This is not going to be a long service. So, Kathy, would you pray? Sure will. How Thank long you. do you want it? This big. <laughs> Father, we bow before you this morning. And we think about who you are. Your majesty. Your splendor. Your glory. Your mercy unending. Your provision. Your love. Father, as we uh, sit here and listen to Maureen this morning, I pray that you would empower her with what she needs to give to us so that we might be better disciples than we were yesterday or even just an hour ago. Teach us your ways, God, so that we might walk in your truth and give us undivided hearts, no compromise. Give us undivided hearts. We pray this in your son's name. And we lift up Normandy Christian Church this morning. May they be empowered as well. In the name of your son, Jesus, by your Holy Spirit that lives within us. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kathy. Well, you remember what happened in Acts, because we've been hearing about it and, and kind of uh, beginning to understand it more and more. But this in Acts 4 says, and now, Lord, obviously people are praying, 
Grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. All confidence. I like to be all confident. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. What happened after that? Did anybody know? And when they prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. I'm not asking this in a flippant way. Have ever any of you been in a place where after you prayed, the building shook? And not like, you know, San Francisco earthquake stuff. I mean, shook with the power of God. We have one, two people. So somebody among us is not unfamiliar with those things happening, with the power of the Holy Spirit being evident, not just in our hearts, which is important, in our minds, in our lives, but in a physical and real place. It be shaken. <laughs> well, you know, nobody is, n- nobody, when, when we look at these things in Scripture, nobody said, uh-uh, that didn't happen. Nobody says that. No, nobody says, no, miracles didn't take place. No, I think that that guy's overstating it. You know, he's evangelically speaking. Oh, yeah, it shook. Well, you know, but I believe that it did shake. Well, <clears throat> I, I think that uh, right now, if this place started shaking, I might be the first one out the door. Though the Lord has been speaking to me all week about, are you afraid of me? Well, no. No, of course not. <clears throat> Jesus told his disciples, okay, so he, he said to his disciples, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm ahead of myself, told his disciples, don't, you, you don't have, even if you didn't believe me, believe the works that I have done. You've seen it. You, you don't even have to believe what I'm saying to you. You've seen it. Nobody argued. Nobody ever said, really? I, I missed that point. I, I didn't see anything happening. I didn't see exciting, wonderful, big miracles happening. They'd all seen it. They all knew it. And even Jesus is saying, you don't have to believe what I say. Believe, believe what I've done. Signs and wonders were what people expected for the people who followed Jesus. That was expected. This one, Romans 15. I will not, this is Paul saying, I won't presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout as far as, I think it's Iliacum, I don't know. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So Paul believed that without signs and wonders, he had not fully preached the gospel. I really thought about that. Like, have I, if I have never been a part of signs and wonders, if I have never, have I ever fully preached the gospel to someone? Or have they looked sometimes at my life and thought, well, I get that you got some rules, and I get that you're different maybe than you were before you were a Christian, but okay. Lots of people change. Now, I'm not the same person I was. I will tell you that for sure. And although, fortunately, none of my siblings are here, so they can't you know, nod really vigorously like, well, you don't know the half of it. But I know that the power of God was powerful enough to change my whole outlook on life. And I think that's remarkable. Don't you find yourself sometimes just going back to how you think, how you do? Yeah, I never went back to who I was. I never could get back there. I tried. I did try. I, walked, I tried to walk away from the Lord. I laughingly later, and I don't say this to be mocking anything, 
laughingly later told my sisters it was like getting too close to a skunk. You can't get the smell off you. <laughs> I couldn't get that fragrance of Jesus that I wanted so desperately in my life. I just didn't want all my friends not to invite me to parties anymore. I didn't like that part of it. So, in 1 Corinthians, um, Paul also says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I didn't come with eloquence, human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's a pretty plain message. Jesus loves you, died for you. Rose again. He's here. Can you come in? Pretty plain spoken. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. There again, he must have preached the full gospel because there was demonstrations of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Again, nobody corrected Paul. Nobody said, you did not. You did not do any miracles. I didn't see anything powerful with what you did. Nobody argued. Now, I'm a part of this church as well as the church worldwide, people who love Jesus. And I can't speak for many churches outside of the United States, but I'm going to say this. If we look at the church today, it seems to me that we have uttered a lot of eloquent words. Wouldn't you say? I'll tell you, the first time I ever came here, I was so fully persuaded that this was where God wanted us because I was, uh, there was a resonating in my heart with the things that Kurt shared that day. I mean, I bawled like a baby. It was ridiculous. It was embarrassing. And I did it for the first month that we were here. But I knew that I knew that I knew. Now, could I say he was eloquent? Yeah, I, I think I could say that. I, I think I could have said with some authority to me, to my heart, to my spirit, it was greatly eloquent. But don't you feel like oh, we could about fill up the universe with all the words we have spoken? And, you know, you hear people on television, you hear preachers, oh, he wasn't really good, I gave him an F for that. Yeah, I can't believe he mispronounced that word. I know you guys have never been those people in the congregation who judge. My face wouldn't change, but all of my children, and it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing to have taught your children. Oh, he doesn't know how to say that word. Because I could, I, it, when we were not here, not here, I've never, been, <laughs> I've never been here where anybody has mispronounced anything. But I have been at churches before with my children in the congregation. And you can see ever so slightly their head turn. Mom, did you catch that? They don't have to say anything we know. Yes, we're so much better. Eloquent words. You know, you can argue with words. You can't argue with the power of God. You can't. You know, I told you I am a little bit on the scared side of seeing God do what he obviously wants to do because it's right there. It's right there. It's not like, he, like we're making it up, and it's not like we haven't seen it happen historically in the church, right? Corinthians? What we're missing is spirit, is the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm saying I'm missing it in my own life. Maybe all of you, this is like, well, duh, I totally, you know, I see signs and wonders all the time. I see the Holy Spirit move. I see miracles. I don't. I, I think that I have seen a few things, and, and I will share one in a moment with you that to, the, to this day, from that day that it happened, I don't understand why. Okay. <clears throat> Kurt told me that 
the men's retreat this weekend, by the way. Sorry for you guys. You had to be here with the girls. Uh, that the men's retreat is based on that 10-minute. The entire retreat is based on that 10-minute exercise. I think it must be important for us to be able to step out and be okay. This is such a safe place. I have never felt more safe and okay in a church in my life. And I've been saved 38, almost 39 years. I've been saved a long time. I should have a miracle or two to be able to tell you, don't you think? It's not like it's been, you know, a week. It's decades. We're trying to build a community here that isn't just about the stuff that we do. Yes, it's important that we come to church. It's important to be in fellowship. It's important to tithe. It's important to serve. But who God is is a whole lot more important than all of that. It should facilitate things happening. People seeing, oh, wow, did, did you hear about that? That can't be true, really. Did their building shake after somebody prayed? Because I'm pretty sure people could see it from the outside. Don't you think people would be pouring in here after they checked out if we had earthquake you know, support? They would. They'd be wanting to find out what's going on there. Could it be God is really real? It's not just all those televangelists telling us you're going straight to hell, don't pass go, don't collect $200. Oh, it might actually be real. I think that we could be that church, and I think we are in many ways a church that moves in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Last week was a a great example of that. Um, Probably you should talk to somebody else who, who, I mean, my whole week was changed because of the two words that those teenagers gave me. My whole week was changed. It niggled at the back of my mind. God they didn't know. Nobody said, well, here's the litany of, here's my laundry list of all the bad things that have happened in my life or uh, things I'm worried about or things that have happened. Nobody said anything like that. I have absolutely no idea if either of them had anything. But God was specific. And I don't mean specific like, you know, (laughs) go 20 feet, turn left, X marks the spot. I don't mean that kind of specific, but specific to the situations that each one of us were in. I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Personally speaking, I thought, God, you spoke to me, and I was almost too afraid to hear it. Man, I would have missed it. Kurt had said, as we were, uh, how many of you, I know some of you have, uh, Tamara, I still can't believe you don't have to do a (coughs) preaching call. Any of you, uh, some of you have done, um, shared up here before. How many of you in the congregation have shared up here? Didn't you just love that preaching call? I told somebody this morning, I would rather birth a child than have to talk in a can and then have Kurt say, I have absolutely no idea where you're going. Okay, well, I'll try better. Anyway, at this point, he had said, you know, Maureen, as you're sharing, this would be a great place for you to put in that God worked in power and in might in my life in this way. I said, oh, yeah. Huh. And he said, well, you do have something, don't you? I'm sure I do. I've been saved a long time. I'm racking my brain to think, oh, God. No, I mean, everybody has babies and they're miraculous, but I seriously couldn't think of one thing. I'm not telling you that God hasn't been a great provider. He is the lover of my soul. I have seen moves of God. I have never seen one of those things like where you think, what? Yeah, I wanted one of those. But I sleep with a guy, Greg, Adam was so panicked that Greg was going to introduce me as his snuggle buddy that I just thought I should put it in there. 
we were uh, in 1980. I think it was 19, it might have been late 79, early 80. Uh, Greg woke me up, which I am not the person that will speak to you in the morning. I'm fully awake when I'm awake. I don't like to talk. I don't want to have a conversation. And he knows that, obviously. We'd been married, you know, a few years by then. And he said, I have to tell you about this dream that I just had. Do you really? Because <laughs> I don't want to listen. Okay. Okay, honey. He said, well, you know, the Iranian uh, hostage crisis, you know, the, the hostages. I had this dream about the hostages. And he said, this is, I've never had a dream like this. I need for you to listen. Okay, I'm fully awake now and a little irritated. And he said, I dreamt that they got out. They're in the airport, but they're in Canada, but they're in Iran. Okay, it's not just me who's confused, it's you too. I'm sorry, are they in Canada or are they in Iran? Well, they're in Canada and they're in Iran. I mean, they can see out, but the Iranians can't see them. I, I don't know, there's a Canadian flag. Okay. Thanks for telling me that, honey. It's really made my day. I was up way earlier than I wanted to be. and Anyway, uh, I think that it was a week. It might have been two weeks later. Uh, Greg is a school teacher, so he's not watching TV during the day, we hope. Um, <laughs> except during baseball playoffs or something when he can say, this is a sports thing we're watching. Um, I, know I turned on the news. And any of you seen the movie Argo? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. For the life of me, as I'm sitting there looking at the television screen, black and white, because we you know, didn't have color. <laughs> and they said that they'd gotten out through the Canadian embassy. Okay, now I see even just thinking about it, I still have goosebumps. Why in heaven's name would God tell Greg Thatcher that? In Port Orchard, when we still had, um, uh, what do they call that when you two lines are in one? A party line. I mean, like it was really like the dark ages back there. And God just wanted to let somebody know, you know what, I can tell you things that are happening that you couldn't ever possibly know. Now, that's the only one I've got. That's the only instance that I can tell you that I have seen something that just, but it wasn't, it's not my story other than the fact that I'm married to him. Oh, the two become one flesh. Okay, it's my story. All right, so, yeah, there you go. See, we're together in this, but I am amazed to this day. When that movie came out, I could care less what it was rated. We were there. <laughs> because I really wanted to see what happened. Now, of course, they take a little bit of poetic license. Greg tells me every time it comes up, they didn't run, they weren't chasing them in the airport. <laughs> he doesn't know that because of his dream, but because he's a history teacher and he pays attention to those <laughs> kinds of things. Okay, <clears throat> so, wow. God showed up at that point, but guys, it's uh, 2013, that was 1980. So I want to ask you, do you guys have one of those, oh my word, this was a miracle. And I hope that somebody raises their hand. I hope, I won't make you talk, I promise. I won't call you up here. No? Yes, there are. <laughs> See, if I hadn't been here last week and realized and had to face my own fear, <laughs> I'm facing my fear of seeing God work like that, that might have made me a tad nervous. I, I'm feeling a little bit more excited about it now. God, do you want to move among us like that? Obviously, it's not because I can speak well. But if God's power shows up, I, I'm going to try really hard not to mess it up. <laughs> I'm going to try really hard to stay focused on him and not on anything else. <clears throat> well, you know, 
sometimes for people to say, oh, you know, Greg uh, has quoted me something that somebody has said to him you know, a long time ago, that we're not supposed to seek after a sign, but seek after the fruit of a disciplined life. But I really want a sign. <laughs> I really want some power. I really want to see things. And you know, apparently, Jesus thought that we should be seeing some miracles too. Don't you think? Greater things. He did a lot of miracles. Yeah. The powerful things that happened in the early church should still be happening now. We're not too old. We're not too cool. But from myself, it might have been that I might have been a tad unwilling, a tad afraid. And I can say, well, I wasn't the disciple. I didn't see it all up, up close and firsthand. I, I, you know, it still makes me a little nervous. But signs and wonders are what the expectation was for people like us who love Jesus. That was the expectation. That's what Jesus said. You're going to do greater things, okay? Now, we don't want to show. Nobody wants us to be the circus. That's embarrassing. And, you know, we, Kurt was talking last week about the Corinthian church. It was a circus. And people should have thought, ooh, crazy people there. They should have thought that because it was. It, it wasn't godly. It wasn't the way that it was supposed to be because they were doing it for themselves. Hey, look at what I can do. And it wasn't them anyway. The Holy Spirit showed up, and they misused the power of that. Okay. We don't want to show. We don't want to be showy. But don't you have somebody in your life that really needs a specific word from the heart of God? For something that they're going through, a, a, a person who's so ill that they really need a miraculous healing. I have a nephew whose girlfriend got in a terrible car accident, and they, she's in a medically induced coma for weeks. I want to see God raise that child up in Paris. Raise her up, Lord, right from that bed, because, you know, my nephew who went over said, it's so much worse than I dared allow myself to think. She needs the Lord to touch that because I don't have any, I, I have no medical knowledge. I got nothing, but I have Jesus and he cares about that because he is a great physician. And he said, greater things you'll do. Well, I don't need to be there, do I? Because we can ask the Lord to do that. Don't you know somebody who's having a financial crisis that needs godly wisdom and a specific word to their situation? This isn't show for us. Signs and miracles, wonders, there's a purpose to them so people can point and say, God must be real. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? It's not just Charles Stanley or whoever on television talking about the Bible. He's real, and he's here. Well, that would be pretty miraculous. I'm going to ask you today, the ushers are going to um, hand out a three-by-five card. So, guys, if you would hand those out now. I'm going to ask you to do something, and I don't want you to just write down three people that you might know that have some needs. Needs are great, and I think it's important. Instead, what I'd like you to do is pray, Lord, what three people am I bold enough to say, Lord, send me. Send me to be the answer with your hands. If you have a prayer app on your phone, I would encourage you to put those people on that prayer app. You know, I know my heart is longing for more, to see the Lord do more in me, more in us. You know, when I first started this message, when I first started writing it, I really just wanted to encourage you not to be afraid, because I was afraid. I was very afraid. 
And I think I'm on the other side really trying to encourage you to be frustrated, maybe even a little mad that we don't see more of God's power in our lives. I don't know why. Possibly it's, it's because people feel like me. I don't know. I, I don't quite know how to handle that, do that. But this is what the Lord said. Oh, sorry, this is still, again, <clears throat> um, Peter. Jesus said, I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day. But now I'm on my way to the one who sent me. None of you has asked where you're going. Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. So let me say again, this truth, it is better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend, the Holy Spirit won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. I still have many things to tell you. Isn't that the case? But you can't handle him right now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he'll take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. Now, this is the message but you know, uh, this is, yeah. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen. And indeed, out of all that I have done and said, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. You know, I don't feel afraid about Jesus. If the Holy Spirit is giving us those things that Jesus has gotten from the Father, then, okay, I'm game. I want to be that person. I want to step up. Everything the Father has is also mine. That's why I've said he takes from me and delivers it to you. Very truly, what he said. I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father, and I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. Even Lucy in Paris, in the hospital, in Jesus. If you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. <laughs> Who cares about looking stupid? Seriously. If stupid is all I have to be willing to do in order to see God's mighty hand evident in the world today, okay, sign me up. I'll look stupid. I have to tell you, I believe that God wants to change us and to move us and to move us along. Um, I am maybe the person who's been holding things back because I've been a little nervous. I care desperately that we don't settle for a life without power because we were never intended to have one. It was never, it was obviously never Jesus' intention that we just, well, I hope things get better. Do -de do -de do do ah, I love Jesus, can't wait to get home. Because this sometimes is kind of boring. It was never meant to be. What we've allowed it to be, what I've allowed it to be, I won't. Uh, Jesus said, greater things. I'm going to sign up for greater things today. I don't want to have any eloquent words be what's really important to me. But the power of God resonating inside my heart and being seen, not just by me and by you, but by the world. They'll know he's real. I believe that um, we're going to have communion. And um, Greg, if you would come up to pray for that, I would really appreciate it. You know, um, stay here for a minute, would you? Mm -hmm. uh, what's really cool about my wife is that um, 
when we first got together, um, she couldn't even pray out loud. True story. <laughs> and to see her walk through these places that she's been through, and the places in particular where she has worked, where people will say, you know, this place is better because you've been here. Now, I'm not trying to raise Maureen up. What I'm trying to say is that the Lord Jesus is evident in her life because she tries to live that out. And that's available to each of us, mm -hmm. to live out the life that he wants us to live out in power, not in rules and regulations, but in his power, in the spirit of holiness. I really appreciate about that about you. And Father, as we come to communion this morning, Lord, we, uh, we want to experience again what happened at the table at the Last Supper with, with your friends because now you have called us friends as well because we're, we're people of faith because of who you are, because of your power in our lives. And Lord, uh, when we take this bottom cup, when we take, this, uh, when we take the bread, we realize that we have uh, broken our lives. And Lord, without you, they will remain broken. We can try to fix them. We can try to use different kinds of glue. We can try to use different kinds of things. And Lord, they remain broken. But Lord, because of you, because of you, you said, take this and eat it. It's my body. You're the bread of life. So, Lord, we put aside our sin. We ask you for forgiveness as we come to this table. We examine our lives. And we say, Jesus, come, come in again and make us whole because of your body and blood. Let's take the body, the bread together. Sometimes with my kids at school, when I have uh, communion with them, I'll have them take something significant, like a page in their Bible, and I'll, I'll have them dip their finger in the, in the uh, grape juice. And there was this really great Christian band a few years ago. They were called Stain Me Sane. Isn't that a great, isn't that a great title for a, a band? Stain Me Sane. The blood of Jesus has stained us and obliterated our sin. He has so stained our lives that our sin is gone. And Lord, we think of the blood that you shed for us. Only the blood of Jesus covers all of my sin. Only the blood of Jesus can make me whole again. Thank you for your blood, Lord. This is the covenant, the new covenant in your blood. We remember you, Lord. We seriously remember you and what you did. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, would you please come forward? I was taught a long time ago, you don't say we're going to take an offering, we're going to receive the offering. But we'll take whatever you can give us. <laughs> Receive the offering. Father, in Jesus' name, would you bless the givers this morning and those that cannot give as well.
And Lord, would you do, would you do this? Would you bring something miraculous out of what we give today? Powerful, a statement, Lord, that you are with our giving today. In Jesus' name, amen.